just so, so you know I, what you're uh, dealing with. It's what's funny. I um I I did that class or you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to call it, but whatever. It was a it was a little interview, little mini interview between Steve Bloom and um, David Hayter. And uh-huh. as they were talking to one another, uh, you know, Steve asked David, like, what kind of microphone do you use? Because that's always the big question when talking to voice actors, you know, like, all right, so what's your setup? Like, what's your rig? And he like just took the camera and he put it over in the corner and he's got like this little humble section of his home <laughs> with a blue Yeti mic just sitting there on a table and a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of cotton on the wall just to, to buffer the sound. I mean, people like, use Yetis. Like Yetis yeah. really, you know, well loved. So I get but it. Most of the voice acting community, man, they turn their noses up like, no, that's, that's, you know, bargain basement. Can't get good sound out of that. Well, I guess you can because Solid Snake is using a Yeti. So yeah, they're like, you need to have a sure microphone or something like that. Right, right. right. Get you one of those, you know, MXL28s or mm-hmm. something. 990, yeah. I mean, <laughs> people say the same thing, or they did, especially years ago, they would say the same thing about cameras. And, yeah. you know, my arg- my counter argument would always be, um, well, I'm using, <laughs> I'm using the camera back in the day, like when I got my first really nice video camera, I was using the same camera that the guys from it's always sunny used when they first got oh i was like so you know shut up (laughs) (laughs) so shut up yeah yeah and you know he gets a lot of use out of it obviously i mean he's booked a lot of gigs with that microphone um Mm -hmm. i use the yeti just like you do for recording podcasts and stuff because it's easy to just plug it in the computer and just go but for voice acting stuff i use the uh that MXL 990 I was just talking about. And the only reason why I picked that one out of the lineup is because when I went over errands a few times to do uh Unicursity, that, uh, that actual play podcast we were doing mm-hmm. for a minute, uh, he had those mics and I'm like, this sounds really good. I just want to use this. So I bought my own and uh, yeah, it just kind of stuck. That's nice. Yeah, at some point I'll have to upgrade my microphone, but I'm going to keep this one as long as I possibly can. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's a sturdy mic. It's it's not cheap. So yeah. you got to get the best, best use out of it. I don't know what setup I would do. Kayla and I are talking about at some point doing a, like, not a consistent, like, weekly one because that might be, like, a lot, but doing, like, a romantic comedies podcast. Like where oh, we're just nice. yeah, where we're just covering romantic comedies, um, but like I just don't know what the setup would look like for that. Like, yeah, I've never done same room recording. So for some reason, well, I shouldn't even say for some reason. I know exactly why. It's because every podcast I do is me talking to somebody on the internet for the most part, except <laughs> when I podcast with D when we do a Resnaculous thing, and that's always the most difficult to set up because I'm just not used to getting that room space, uh, you know, recording the right way. So that's why a lot of the, a lot of the time when it's her and I, it'll sound kind of weird at first. And we take a long time to get set up too. We do a lot of like, you know, just testing and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it just never comes out right in the end. And the only way, the only setup that I've been able to successfully use 
is when I get two of those MXL mics that I was talking about, and we sit quite a distance apart from one another, but both plug into a, one of those H, HN1 Zoom recorders on those, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, on the road type recorder things. But that's mm-hmm. so expensive. Like, honestly, yeah. all these little pieces I picked up along the way, but buying it all at once, I can't imagine anybody just stopping by a guitar center on the weekend and on a whim picking all this stuff up. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I might get into it. No, you got to be dedicated. <laughs> nah, we'll find a way. If we want to do yeah. it, we'll just make it as easy as possible. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll I mean, figure it out. You know what? I have, really echoey, I have a really echoey place too. And on your end, it always sounds like you have a well like buffered area. Mm-hmm. So I think just using like the surround feature on your Yeti, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. As long as true. you guys are, you know, close to the microphone. That's that's the only thing. That's true. We'd have to test it out. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But Do it. <sighs> what the fuck are we gonna talk about today? You know, thankfully not that much happened in our in our realm of things that we would talk about normally, mm-hmm. uh, which which I guess is a blessing and a curse. But what do you want to talk about, Lex? What's going on in your world? I don't know. Nothing. Tomorrow I'm getting both my COVID booster and my flu shot at the same time. So I'm looking forward okay. to that. I right. literally booked it for tomorrow on my lunch break because I was like, I don't want this to ruin my weekend. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> you are an fun. optimistic person. You are really optimistic because you think that a couple of days is going to be good enough of a buffer to keep you from getting whatever that that feeling is that everyone else has gotten from getting that double shot. Oh no, you're going to be out of commission. We may have to skip next week. I'm only saying what? this out loud because I'm hoping that I'm jinxing it and it won't happen that way. A I'm fucking week. Just... If I'm down for a week from those shots, God mm-hmm. help me, man. I'm telling you that shit fucks me up. I don't know what it is, but every single time I get a booster shot, it messes me up and it's not nice. It's worse every single time. Oh, so... Oh yeah. Like I've, I've gotten effects from every COVID shot for sure. Hmm. So I know that it's going to affect me, but I'm yeah. hoping it'll just be tomorrow night and Friday, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sincerely hoping that it takes it easy on you. I'm hoping it's a real, you know, smooth ride, but not You're not making wood. me feel confident about my life choices right now. I'm just telling you that you shouldn't make any firm plans. That's all I'm saying. Just, you know, be, be cautiously optimistic, but don't commit to anything that you really got to do. Because your body might have a different idea in mind for the greater good. Okay. But still, yeah. All right. Well, this is what it is. It's going to happen. I got to get it done at some point, you know? That's true. That's true. You got to take care of yourself. That's true. You got to do it. Yep. Do it. So have you heard anything, speaking of voice acting, because we we're kind of on that path a little bit. Have you heard anything about this, uh, this whole uh, kerfuffle? That's been going on with the release of Bayonetta 3. Didn't. Okay. This <laughs> this is going to be funny because this is a complete like outside looking in thing. Okay. Someone was upset. A voice actor was upset about it and is calling for boycotting. That's right. I don't know so anything. That- I don't know why. I don't know any more details. I just know that there's something about boycotting. 
Well, I'm here to fill in the blank. So basically, uh, Helena Taylor is a voice actress. She's an actress in general, and she has been the voice of Bayonetta since the first game. Now, for those that are aware of Bayonetta, it's a very eccentric uh, witch who uses her hair as her superpower. She's got this lustrous, long black hair. And as she fights you, uh, witch style, she turns her hair into all kind of different demons and, and such. She also has four guns. Why? Why four guns? Well, she has two. Three is not enough. Hand. Three is definitely not enough. She's got one in each hand. And then instead of heels on her shoes, she's got two guns that, you know, when she does her kicks and spin moves, she can shoot you with those as well. So she's got hair magic. She's got, you know, all kind of amazing guns. But the, the third part of her personality, and this is where Helena Taylor comes in, is that she's super uh, sex positive. And uh, she likes to make sure you know that. She, she is very confident in her femininity. And she uses that to, uh, you know, let the bad guys know that they're not phasing her at all. That's right. So Helena Taylor has has been the, the sultry voice of Bayonetta since the first game. And she's very proud of the work that she's done with that character. But apparently, uh, the the oft-delayed Bayonetta 3 uh, was delayed for maybe this and several other reasons. But yeah, like you were saying before, uh, she wasn't happy with the offer that she got to voice this character. Now, mind you, she's the main character of the game. She's going to be speaking through the whole game there's a lot of dialogue in these traditionally mm -hmm. uh what she went on record to say is that they only offered her four thousand dollars to reprise her role for the third game how much four thousand dollars holy shit now that's you know that's like the, offensive it really is because when you think about it you know, actors and actresses, they get paid worth their time. I mean, of course, there's there's union stuff involved. Uh, you know, there's there's a reason why actors get paid so much uh, outside of just, well, you know, they're actors. Um, you know, they have to pay for their own insurance. Uh, most of the time they have to, you know, prepare for their own transportation. Uh, you know, living in L.A. is not cheap. There are a lot of things to take into, in, into factor there. But the bottom line is $4,000 is insulting to a voice actress, especially for a franchise that has made over $450 million over the years with the first two installments. And she's been a big part of that, you know? Right. Uh, so she released a video on Twitter last week saying, uh, you know, just spelling it out, says she doesn't care about the NDA. She's basically, uh, you know, going on record to say that they can't really take anything else from her because she's not really that wealthy. So she said, what do I have to lose? She wanted everybody to know that they were going to offer her $4,000 to record hours of dialogue for this game. And um, yeah, basically she said no. And so Platinum Games, a developer, uh, decided to get Jennifer Hale instead. Of course, a lot of folks know her as... Um, the voice of Femshep from Mass Effect and uh, oh, yeah. countless other projects. She's been in basically everything. She's like the Nolan North <laughs> <Are> they, <laughs> equivalent, you know? 
I mean, now I wonder, are they going to pay her the same amount? I would imagine so. I think, you know, there's there's a lot of theories going around about this, of course. One of which is that um, they may have found Helena difficult to work with or not a big enough name to really advertise the game. Uh, and so okay. they lowballed her in order to push her out. While Jennifer Hale, of course, would demand a higher fee. Um, but would you know, bring she, more publicity. More publicity, definitely. She's a bigger name and she needs to keep her reputation clean. So she is not one to be speaking out of turn. So we don't we don't even know her side of the story uh, because of the NDAs involved and everything like that. I'm sure one day all of this will come out, but Platinum Games isn't making things better. They've gone on record to respond to Helena and said that basically what she's saying is completely false, uh, that there was a misunderstanding. They were offering her $4,000 per session which would ultimately um, come out to $15,000 total, which still seems really low for the amount of work that goes into voice acting, a, a main character of a video game. Uh, I mean, know, I don't know whether... that like the amount of sessions getting paid four grand per session, that might be pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people would jump at that. I, absolutely. And to be quite I'll honest, I'll take 50 grand, know, 15 grand to go. Wow. Right, right. I, I imagine Charles Martinet just comes in, the voice of Mario, the video game Mario. It's too bad we have to differentiate that now. I, I imagine that he yeah. comes in and he just, you know, does his little, uh, you know, roster of catchphrases. And he's done in like an hour and a half. Like, all right, then take care, mm-hmm. everybody. <laughs> it's Mario time. Goodbye. You know, he just does his thing. Why wouldn't they um, use him for the movie? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, they were trying, again, they were trying to go with the name value. Did we talk about the whole Chris Pratt of it all with, with Super Mario, or was that like I thought we did, that? but he sound, he just sounds like Chris Pratt. Like He does. That's, he does. that's it, you know? You know I mean, it I'll was a very be- short clip, too, at the same time. So Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. I was going to say, I'll give a sliver of benefit of the doubt and say, look, we only heard you know, 10 seconds of his Mario voice. So who knows what's, what's what, how far I want an authentic goes. Italian plumber to play Mario. <laughs> Otherwise I will not see it. Look, they hit the nail on the head the first time around with captain Lou Albano. Yeah, we did talk about this because that yeah. man, that man was New York. That man mm-hmm. was Italian. <laughs> he got the job done. <laughs> so yeah. So but this yeah, whole that's, thing was, yeah. It, it, so are people, are fans of, because I don't know anything about this franchise, for Bayonetta, I mean. Okay. Are they are they actually, like, is, it, is a boycott really going to be a thing for it? Uh, I don't think so. Because, you yeah. know, there's wanting to stand in solidarity with one of your favorite voice actors. And then there's, oh, my God, I've been waiting over a decade for the third installment of this series that I love. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to play it. So, you know, gamers are a fickle bunch, honestly. I don't think there's going to be any solidarity and boycotting. There's going to be a lot of lip service. There's going to be a lot of tweets about it uh, that we've seen already. But, yeah, we have some real invested, investigative uh, investigative reporting going on uh, within the video game industry and people saying, like, yeah, there's there's got to be some truth in between what the company is saying and what she's saying because... Uh, you know, reporters have seen proof otherwise that, you know, it wasn't just $4,000, but 
the uh i guess the the ceo of platinum games is known to kind of be a hothead and a jackass uh so he's not really being very forthcoming with a with a straight answer on what's going on so right so the truth might lie somewhere in between yeah but it's so rare for a voice actor to come out and just plainly say that they were disrespected in that fashion there's so many hoops and so many different you know checks and balances involved in that world that if you're not professional if you're not just you know oh i'm happy to be here 100 of the time then you kind of become a pariah in that world so i mean she really stuck her neck out to uh you know get the message out about how she was treated that makes me think there's there's got to be something going on there you know and if it if it was a misunderstanding then i wish they would have cleared that up with her before she you know went, went public with what they did I think sometimes when there's NDAs involved, people really think they're untouchable. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, an NDA is only worth as much as, you know, the person who ends up speaking, like, like she said, like, I, I'm not, I don't have that much money anyway. So fuck you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stories about that. You know, these contracts that voice actors sign early in the, uh, in the life of a character that they're beholden to because nobody ever expected these projects to take off. But when they do, when they start, you know, selling millions of dollars in merchandise, it's like, all right, you deserve a piece of that. You know, and again, what I'm saying applies to actors in general. The people uh, who were involved with the the first Star Wars movies famously didn't get any of the, uh, the residuals from the box office or the toys, you know, so... Uh, I think Alec Guinness was the only one that really negotiated in that fashion. So he got a cut of every single Obi-Wan figure sold. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> he was he Good was the one him. smart enough. Like, it's funny, too, because he was the one vocally saying, like, I hate this franchise. I hate this movie. And I did it for a paycheck. But, boy, his, his people were on the ball with getting him paid. I mean... So. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, though. Like, if you don't want to do it, you're going to want to get paid really well for it, right? You That's know? right. Like a Marlon Brando and Superman. Like You're not doing there. this out of passion. You're doing this for the paycheck. I want as big of a paycheck as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's important that when you do get involved in some of these passion projects and stuff like that, something that you're really happy about, that you don't just put on the rose-colored glasses and go, I'm just happy to be here. You know, you can pay me whatever. You got to remember, you got to eat. You got to survive and you got to you got to move on to the next project. So don't let these corporations take advantage of you at all. You know, like I know you would like like you've said before, you would love to write Superman, but you ain't writing it for free. No, absolutely. Uh, God, I want to write Superman. Speaking of, okay. apparently, uh, spoiler, spoilers, spoilers, guys, no. you need to put <laughs> the earmuffs on if you're concerned about Black Adam. Spoilers, uh, <laughs> which is getting terrible reviews, by the way. Yeah, but apparently, well, in the post credit yeah. scene, um, Henry Cavill is back as Superman in a very quick wow. scene. We sent it to you. I don't know if it's been pulled yet. I don't know if you managed to see it. Um, it was very blurry, shaky cam, very quick, like 15 seconds. But, yeah, they're going to make I, 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 they're gonna make another Superman. And I'm very excited for that, and I wish I could write it. Well, as I said on Twitter, there's no way avoiding that. Like, something like that. There's no right. way that you're going to go into it unspoiled because it's a big deal. They've been trying to get Henry Cavill. Well, Henry Cavill has been trying to make his way back to Superman 
for and years I, and years. I give The Rock a lot of credit. Um, he fought hard for this to happen because he was saying that, was a, that the old regime did not want Henry Cavill to be Superman again. Right. We have a little bit about that next, actually. Yeah. But just to, to kind of touch on that a little bit, a touchstone, if you will, to, to talk about The Rock. Um, That's terrible. It's funny. He gets so much flack for mm-hmm. being a, a one-note actor, but I feel like he's a classic Hollywood action hero. Yeah, you know? I agree. I mean, no one expects Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger to do something completely different than he's done before. No one expects that out of Stallone or, or uh, Bruce Willis. You know, they, they want to see their guys on the big screen. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people who show up and see movie star on the rock, they're there to see their guy. Yeah. They, they want to either see him be funny with Kevin Hart or they want to see him do some incredible action like in Hobbs and Shaw and the rundown and stuff like that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, yeah. because he's in the comic world, because he's involved in the DC stuff, it's got to be, oh, yeah, he's the best in the world or he's the worst ever and he needs to go. So it's it's funny watching people navigate this path with him specifically because you can't call him an asshole because he's incredibly humble and thankful. In I was going to say, he seems like a really good dude. Exactly. And that that fa- facade has not cracked yet. So good luck <laughs> trying to trying to knock him down a peg in that uh, arena. Number two, he's giving everybody back their favorite sunshine Superman right here. It's like, hey, this is what you guys have been asking for. I made yeah. sure Warner Brothers put him in the movie. I did this, you know. And so I've seen a little bit of backlash towards The Rock saying, you know, like, oh, well, he's taking credit for everything and we don't really care about him. We just want Cavill back, you know, Snyder cut and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, no, I mean, he's he's got that kind of sway where he was able to I was going to say at the end of the day, whether you view Henry Cavill in a higher light or not, he's a bigger star. He just yeah. is. Yeah, that's true. But we could have got another headless cameo like we did in Shazam and like we did in Peacemaker. You know, spoilers. I know you yeah. haven't seen that. But yeah, That's he shows fine. up at the end of uh, a Peacemaker too for a minute, but we don't see his face. Um, right. And so it's not even him. Like Exactly. It's ridiculous. So we finally got him back. Uh, you know, big shout out to The Rock for making that happen. And you're right. The reviews for that are not great. But again. They're looking for uh, they're looking for like high cinema from this. They're looking for elevated superhero film. They're looking for something like a Black Panther, and you're not gonna get that every single time out of the gate. Sometimes it's gonna be just like sheer popcorn, and you gotta just kind of roll with that. Also, they're not trying to be that. Like they're right. it doesn't seem like they're trying to be that. At least from the outside looking in. I mean, the fact that he got a DC movie released in 2022 in the first place is an achievement. <laughs> yeah. Because you see what we, we've talked about what's going on. Everybody sees what's happening there. He got through it without that much red tape. He's been trying to play this character for 15 years. They announced him as Black Adam in 2007. And they were begging him, according to an interview that I saw, they were begging him to play any other character because they weren't ready to bet on Black Adam. But he's like, no, I don't care if I have to co-produce it. This is what I want to, this is a story I want to tell. It's about a non-white hero. Yeah. 
like I don't know why he's such a big fan of Black Adam, but he just got it in his head. Like, this is the one I want to do. I mean, my money is on. Yeah. He understood that Black Adam doesn't have a huge following, that there's not a lot of lore to get lost in that people will get upset about. So whatever they do, it's going to be fresh. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting because a lot of people don't know about the character. But still, you have detractors out there who are saying, oh, he changed this and he doesn't have the pointy ears. It's like, oh, God, just let it go. Well, that's true, right? <laughs> and like, it's the same. Th- it was the same thing with like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? There weren't, I mean, yeah, there were certain people within the comic book community who know and love Guardians, but like most, the average person did not know who the fuck they were. The stakes are lower. It's easier to succeed in that. So yeah, you're right. He's smart in that way to take on a character that A, he's passionate about and B, not everyone knows everything about him. Yep. 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 So I don't know. It's getting, it's getting like middling reviews right now, but I think a lot of people are going to go check it out. Uh, if only to see the, um, you know, the post credit scene. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be like, you know, I went into it and I had low expectations and it was all right. You know, I think that's going to be the overall reaction. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I would say my brother is like the average viewer for things like that. Like he's the target demographic and he's interested in seeing it. So... You know, I think it's going to do pretty well. Yeah, I do too. Um, and you know, they're they're hungry for more because I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just been like a drought with DC stuff, mm-hmm. you know, on the big screen. So, I mean, this is this is what they need. Yeah, we'll see. This is what they need. Now, when we're going to get another Henry Cavill Superman project, who knows? Of course, now that it's common God, knowledge, probably probably like three years away. Oh, at least, you know, I mean, these, these movies take so long, so fucking long. It's ridiculous how much they drag their feet. But, but that brings me to the next story that we actually have on our notes here. Uh, Walter Hamada, he's the DC Films boss, or at least he was. He's departed the studio as Warner Discovery finalizes his exit. So this I mean, is the guy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the guy. Um, oh, and I didn't know, uh, just a side note, I didn't know Black Adam was uh, part of the New Line Cinema, um, you know, uh, sub uh, studio or whatever. Oh, I didn't either. That's interesting why they did that. I don't, I, I'll have to look into that. Anyway, um, this is the guy who was responsible for a lot of the decisions that people decried in the press, like Ray Fisher, you know. Um, yeah. He famously was disappointed with his treatment from Warner Brothers. Uh, he name dropped specifically Joss Whedon, but also uh, Walter Hamada. So now that he's out, who knows where that leaves Ray Fisher? He said that he didn't want to work there anymore. At one point, he was a big part of the Flash movie, but obviously that was nixed. Um, and we just haven't seen anything of the cyborg character or Ray Fisher in a Warner Brothers film. So yeah, I just want Ray Fisher to know peace. However, yes. that happens, I I don't I don't particular like I, I would love to see him play the part again, like if he wants to. But um, you know, I want it all to be like on his terms this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, 
I heard that he just was, uh, you know, he was very happy with the character, especially the way that it was depicted in the uh, the Snyder Cut re-release. So who knows? Maybe they'll have a conversation. I mean, that would be nice. And, you know, I haven't liked a lot of the choices or any of the choices that have been made <laughs> since <laughs> uh, Discovery took over at the WB. But this one, I have no problem with like he's not doing he's clearly not doing a good job so get rid of him yeah so right now i guess with with hamada they're negotiating his payout uh because his uh contract was supposed to take him through 2023 Mm -hmm. and of course um you know he was still an associate producer on the black adam film he's projected to open at 135 million dollars at the global box office We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get paid more than enough, more than we'll ever see in a lifetime, and he'll be fine. I'm not concerned. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, good riddance to him. Uh, (laughs) Nobody had anything good to say about him, apparently. No, it sounds like he was not great leadership, so. No. (laughs) Man, so have you been hammered with a lot of... um, just ad campaigns for like politicians and shit over the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. Does -hmm. it happen in your area? Is it just petty? Yeah. Yes. The, the mailers and the local TV ads, um, always terrible. Yeah. Which by the way, using hammered is a very choice word phrasing, um, considering our wall of weird for the week. Oh gosh. (laughs) Which is, which is a political, story i saw this the day the day after we recorded and i was like wall of weird wall of weird (laughs) and then i immediately made the notes so yes i have seen a lot of political ads um i've filled out my ballot i do mail-in ballots and i just need to actually mail it out but yeah so i have yeah i have done the filling out of the voting i haven't officially cast it yet you know well it still counts well it'll count once you put it in the mailbox so yeah absolutely there you go yeah. i got my mail-in ballot i haven't even looked at it yet but <laughs> i got it and i know exactly what i'm doing so i'm ready um yeah yeah got- i knew what i was doing as well there were some amendments that i had to research but i knew all of the like candidate choices that i was gonna make it's kind of funny we have a guy here who is uh he he likes to market himself as a farmer you know uh and he's running for governor of illinois and he is incredibly vocal against the city of chicago where the majority (laughs) of people in illinois reside so i don't know how he expects them to go i mean sure there are a lot of people you know he talks about oh the crime oh the violence oh it's so terrible it's just such a democratic run city and you know oh my god and once you go in there you can't breathe it's like toxic in the air you know just everything all the all the bullet points that you know the conservatives like to say about Mm -hmm. chicago of course but it's odd because that city is in the state that you're trying to run, bud. What are you doing? So I doubt he's going to get any footing, but he's I want to like, make sure. <laughs> I want to do my part. Yeah, I don't know. You guys are always like a blue state, right? 
because of yeah. Chicago. Yeah, consistently. Good. So, I mean, the thing about it is, of course, this is the time for those that don't agree with that uh, to complain the loudest, to be the most vocal, to put ads on TV. Mm-hmm. And another thing that that um, this this guy who's running for governor has done there's an ad that comes on every morning when I'm getting ready for work. And it's just of a woman getting her purse stolen in broad daylight, but it's like ring footage. And so it's, it's like (laughs) a weird horror movie, like found footage, like paranormal activity or something like that. And it's just like, you'll, you'll be just minding your business and like, it's just quiet. All of a sudden you hear a scream and it's like, what the hell is going on? And it's this ad and the ad goes, where was your governor while this was going on? And I'm like, what the fuck? Is he supposed to jump out and just like, you know, do some like karate and shit? And just Apparently, I was just say, supposed to Batman out of it, <laughs> like fix everything. What the fuck? I guess. Like, where was your governor at? Like, he's probably governing. I don't, I don't know. It'd be weird if he was there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, there are... There, there is corruption, and there are things that need to change. Um, but I, d- I don't know what they can do on that individual level. <laughs> it's more yeah. of the larger systemic change, and I don't think you're going to bring that to the table when you're saying less government, less um, giving a shit about anyone. So, yeah. I mean, and it's the local guys that really count. You know, they're the ones that are, that are really doing the work, boots on the ground, and stuff like that. So. You got to vote for who's got your best interests at heart. These these bigger level guys, Absolutely. you know, they talk about all cops are bastards, and that's still true. But all politicians suck. I mean, from top to bottom, you know, there's something about them where, you know, they they also say that there's no such thing as a uh, an ethical billionaire. Like you had to do something yeah. to get to that level. Well, I tell you what, same thing with politics. You got like you got to make a lot of deals. You got to make a lot of allowances for things that you wouldn't normally do. But of course, when you're starting your political career, you're idealistic. You have a a goal, a mission in mind. You know what kind of person you want to be to the public. And you're still working towards that. But once you get to that upper level, you've made some deals with the devil by that point. Sometimes. So so I, I, I think that that idea of even that idea of politicians might be a little bit outdated. Because it's mm. like, oh, man, when you started, you had all this, and then you got corrupt by the system. And I'm like, man, yeah. I think the fucking corrupt are gravitate towards the system. That's a good point. You know, like moths like, to a just- flame. They go, there's the power. There's the, the thing that I can fuck with. And they go mm. to it. The people who don't want to deal with the bullshit, who can't stand the corruption, typically go, I'm not getting in that because that's mud and muck and I can't deal with it. That's true. That's true. I have a great, you know, it's funny. I've talked about her on, on the podcast before. Maria Haddon is my older woman uh, here in the 49th Ward. Mm-hmm. And she really cares. I mean, she really gets out there and she does the work. Um, one of my favorite things is we had a bad storm and she was out here with the with the rest of the community moving huge, like fallen branches and limbs, tree limbs out of the way, uh, you know, to get the roads clear. She was out here doing that herself as well as live streaming and updating people on the roads and everything like that. Um, she has video town halls every month or so. She really stays in, in touch with the community because she's a part of it. And at that level, when you're an alderman here, I feel like you can really 
get your finger on the pulse of the community and get some work done. You can be that intermediary that you can, that your community needs. And yeah, people are going to bitch at you and, and complain about stuff, but that's with every job, you know, there's always something. Yeah. But yeah, at that level, I feel like, you know, there, there are certain people <laughs> who are still, who are still idealistic that want to do the right thing. But yeah, there are some assholes too, that are like, you know, how far can I get? How much power can I get? Let's see if I can go from this to that. Right, right. They're they're ambitious for the sake of ambition, not necessarily for anything altruistic. Right. Um, and that's that's kind of horrifying, you know. That is true. But, but since we are in the world of politics, I'm going to talk about our wall of weird for the week. You might have heard about this, guys. It's a new, a story out of New York. I don't like it any more than you do, but we're going to talk about it. Manhattan congressional candidate publishes a porn video to highlight his sex positive platform. Mike Itkiss is running against um, Jerry Nadler and wants to legalize sex work. (laughs) Wow. So. This is very cleverly written article and starts with in a grunt for attention. Yes. Third party congressional candidate Mike Itkiss has released a sex tape to highlight his sex positive campaign platform. Um, this video just shows like him or not video. I didn't the video is not on here, but like a screenshot of the video just shows him with like a like a girl and like he's like holding her shoulders uh-huh. And it just looks gross already. Um, <laughs> he's a 53-year-old Army cyber operations officer. Um, and they're, like he has no chance of winning kind of thing. Okay. But mm-hmm. he posted a 13-minute video on the popular porn site, on a popular porn site, of him having sex with a porn performer, Nicole Sage, as a, quote, conversation piece. He told City and State. This is the website of City and State. Yeah. (laughs) If I would just talk about it, it wouldn't demonstrate my commitment to the issue. And the fact, um, and the fact I actually did it was a huge learning experience and actually (laughs) influenced items on my platform. Oh, his issues include legalizing sex work and making sexual, uh, sexual rights explicit. Do not rely on the privacy of free speech rights. His campaign sites site reads where sex positivity is one of three campaign issues, which are all thin on details. It kiss who identifies himself as not married, no kids, not celibate atheist also seems to aim at child support payments, writing that men should not be required to support biological children without a prior agreement. All right. Well, the hero of our story—he seems like a winner. He's, he's, he's. Yeah, <laughs> that's not great, Mike. Sorry, dude. Like, you—you you so, had us intrigued for a moment here. Like, all right. Kudos to you for standing for what you believe. I can't say it. It's so fucking fucked up. Did he use campaign funds to pay for this sex worker for her time? That's what I want to know. That's really what I want to get to the bottom of here. And if he did, is it all above board? Can he be sued for it? I don't know, man. The questions, the questions. 
Well, apparently, the in 2021, it was his first time having sex on camera. Okay. And he said that he was he's uh, an introvert and very liberal. He's a registered Democrat. He says, I'm kind of a nerd who doesn't like being at the center of attention if I can avoid it. But I thought the issue I'm trying to address is so important. I wanted to have my issues talked about in some way. I mean, so, this sounds like his campaign manager was Kevin Smith. And he decided to make a porno about it. It writes right. itself. And I just want to go back to the the him talking about men should not be required to um, support biological children without a prior agreement. <laughs> when does that prior agreement start? Is it the moment of ejaculation that you want to sign some paperwork or something saying, hey, I will or will not support this child? That doesn't make any fucking sense. It really doesn't. And if you're a scumbag enough to say, well, I didn't agree to pay for my child and you have a living child in this world that you don't want to support, then you're a piece of shit. I'm sorry. There's no way around (laughs) it. This isn't an opinion. This is a fact. If you have a child and you are not active in your child's life, at least at the very bare minimum, monetarily, if you can't even send a $20 birthday card to your kid, you are a deadbeat. Oh my God. On the website, it's a like they said sexual rights. Right to he says right to not become a parent in the case of pregnancy, redefine abortion debate as a right uh, to unplanned sex. So like, okay, like a pro-abortion rights thing, but it says abortion rights for women, and then it says men should not be required to support biological children without prior agreement. So his stance on being pro-abortion is so men don't have to pay child support. Damn, son. Imagine your your way of supporting women's rights still revolves around men in that way. That's fucked up. I mean, you know, it's terrible. It's useful but it's terrible. You know, if that's the way that you have to crack that nut, that you have to get into that Neanderthal's fucking head to get him to support women's rights. Okay. However, once you start trying to get into government to try to be an influencer of the people, and that's still your stance, that's kind of fucked up, man. Now he has some things on his platform that of course are rational and make sense. Decriminalize sex between consenting adults. Of course. Decriminalize sure. and legalize sex work. Yeah, I'm for All that. Right. Like I don't under, you know, I don't understand why um we have criminalized sex work. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. If you don't like sex work, don't buy sex work. Like right. end of story. Don't, like don't do it. But this is this is where I'm I'm like, what? Um, where he has a bullet point that just says define consent. Oh no! Oh no! no. That's a red. That's a red fucking flag. What the that's, fuck does that mean? That's a red flag. And think of think of the people he's working with that are on his team. The web designer who had to fucking push publish <laughs> on this page from top to bottom. His entire administration is problematic, to put it lightly. Damn, yeah. Mike. It kiss. Now, when when you first shared this with me, I was mm-hmm. sure that this was a parody site, that this is some type of onion sort of thing Mm-mm. or something like that. But the links, Lex, the links attach themselves to actual stories that corroborate this information. Like the part for me 
that was like, okay, this must be the punchline that they were trying to get to. It says later on in here, it says sex tapes may be becoming a political trend on the Upper West Side. In 2021, city council candidate Zach Weiner leaked the BDSM sex tape in an apparent attempt to stir up drama for his mockumentary on the run. So I clicked the link and it takes me to the New York Post. And sure enough, there's a guy named Zach Weiner who's in the BDSM and wanted people <laughs> to vote for him for city council. As you should, I get, no, don't, I don't know that. I don't know what he stands for at all. Don't, don't do that. If, if he's still I, running, no. <laughs> trust in the wiener. Trust in. Oh, no, no. No, I don't know enough no. about him. To, to about, Unfortunately, you named the episode, but no. Oh, God. No. <laughs> This is great, too, because I sold the last episode to people like, you know, we speak passionately about supporting creators and artists that you really enjoy. And you should listen to me talk about Craig of the Creek because I really poured my heart out about how important Cartoon Network is and all the people affected by it. And then this next episode, they're like, yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen to them talk about important things once again. And what's it called? Taste the wiener. Trust the wiener. Trust. Trust no, wiener. Jesus Christ. Trust in the wiener. There you go. See? I See? hate all of them, but that one was worse. <laughs> this show has gone off the rails completely. Absolutely. This is this is the perfect wall of weird right here. Because, you know, it started one way where you're like, all right, I can kind of understand this. And then it just devolved as we went on. Like, goodness gracious, Mike Get Kiss, you let us down. Wall of Weird might be the worst idea we've ever had on the show. It is. (laughs) It is truly. And it's also the thing that I'm like, if we just became a Wall of Weird podcast, it would probably work. Yeah. Yeah. If we just put that right on the tin and let people know, like, this is the type of stuff you're going to get going forward. (laughs) Yeah. We're just going to talk about weird stories and that's it. Oh, wow. But. (laughs) Also yeah. trending on the New York Post, I was killed and now I'm reincarnated as a boy and I can prove it. Oh, cool. How can they prove it? I don't know, man. They want my click. I'm not They're like, look, I'm ghost dad. Anyway, I don't know. I see Bruce Willis. I'm the little boy from Signs. Wait, not Signs. The Sixth Sense. That's right. <laughs> I'm so drunk. <laughs> I want somebody to to just like fuck that that catchphrase up. I see Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> specifically Bruce Willis. That's it. <laughs> no matter where I go, I see Bruce Willis. Why is he still here? <laughs> he's got no You know that movie, go. that movie retrospect it's a good thing he's a ghost because if not you'd be like why is that grown man hanging around that boy so much yeah he really was it was too much it was way too much you know but i guess the mom was at the end of her at the end of her rope man just like look this kid's seeing ghosts all my cabinets are opening up in the in the middle of the night i don't know who to trust i don't know what to do i'm calling bruce willis that's it you want to spend all your time with bruce willis have at it how does Tony Collette not have an Oscar? I just want to, I just want to like ask that real quick. Mm. That's, that's a crime. Yes. She should have an Oscar. She should. Anyway. Popular Australian actress, Tony Collette. 
She's Australian? See, I didn't even fucking know that. She's that good at disappearing into her roles. I love it when people who aren't from a place sound like they're from a place. You know, it's great. That didn't make any sense. I love it when British actors put on American accents and they do it so well, you don't know that they're British until they do an interview. It is one of the funnest surprises, you know, and it's not, it's not in a world where most surprises are terrible and scary. The surprise (laughs) of a British actor, actress just coming out and being like, Oh yes, I, uh, I quite enjoyed playing the role of Spider-Man. I, uh, (laughs) I've never, I've never heard life summed up better than it's saying in a world where most surprises are terrible and terrifying. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) it's so true though. Most surprises are horrifying. It's true. You can't front on it, man. Like, all right, there's some good surprises. Surprise parties, debatable. No, those are bad. (laughs) Name. I guess right now we have to name a good surprise. What's a good surprise? It's uh, not a fucking surprise party, that's for sure. No. Um, Finding out that your wife is pregnant and you wanted to have babies. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that could go either way. Right. (laughs) If cartoons Uh, have taught me anything, there's a 50-50 chance that that man is going to faint once he finds the news. (laughs) Um, I guess a gift like getting a gift is a good surprise. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like Unless right, let's, something let's... you don't want and then it's junk. <laughs> this is really <laughs> a glass half full, glass half empty kind of thing. Yeah, that glass is mostly empty, but sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you get a little drop of water in there. You know? <sighs> Are we okay or we... not? Because I, I can't know. gauge it right now. I don't. That story broke us. Okay. I mean, <laughs> In all fairness, that story had all the right ingredients to just fuck us up. So here we are. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you folks aren't too fucked up because uh, you're probably driving or you know, um, cleaning your home or doing your laundry or something. I don't know, but thank you for taking. This yeah, place. I'd like to think doing laundry. Yeah. Put I some like that put idea. some fabric softener in there. Don't forget that. Yeah, you know, definitely with the towels. You don't want to put too much. Because, you know, if you put too much fabric softener, you get too much buildup in your machine. And, uh, you know, that can that can clog up your, your, your lines over time. So you want to be careful with that. That's right. This yeah, is Laundry Talk, definitely. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Laundry Talk. Welcome to the show. <laughs> if you use There's cold nothing... cycle, it's better for the environment and better for your colors. I mean, really, run everything cold. There's no reason to put anything on hot, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Don't run it hot. If you're going to do warm, do like an eco warm. You know, a lot of Mm. them have that setting now. It's a little better for environmental purposes. I wonder what that means. What is eco warm? I haven't heard about this. I think it's supposed to use less warm water. Okay. Like from what I've gathered, my, my washing machine has a setting of eco warm. And from what I've gathered, it's, it's supposed to use a little bit less warm water to try to reduce the impact of using a warm setting. Hmm. Pivoting all the way back to Tony Collette. Folks, if you want to see a good horror movie this uh, spooky season, she was also in Hereditary from 2018. God help you if you haven't seen Hereditary and then just go watch it after listening to this podcast thinking I'm going to enjoy a nice little movie. Lex and Matt recommend 
you will never be the same. Hereditary fucked you up, huh? Hereditary, um, I think, was the last horror movie that I can think of off the top of my head that truly, truly fucked me up. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, Midsummer, mm. Same director. But oh, that, Midsommar that one, fucked me up. Yeah, man, but Hereditary, when the thing happens in that first, like, half hour, yep. I was like, I was not prepared for this. I was not, I did not know what was happening with this movie. I just heard it was a good horror film. I did not know anything about it, and I, I, I did not know a damn thing about that movie going into it, and that was one of the most shocking things I've ever seen. I could not believe that they did that. No, me neither. Yeah, it was it was very surprising. Yeah. Um, but... You know, tis the season. If you need, if you need a good scare, that's that's yeah, that'll do the sure. trick. That will do the trick. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like check trauma. out our friends. Check <laughs> check out our friends over at Be Your Scary Best for even more spooky season suggestions and breakdowns because they got the goods over there. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's our show, folks. Thank you for riding along with us as we kind of drifted all over the place. Uh, if you'd like more of this, you can check out our Discord by signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. Be a fan. Be a follower. Be an adventurer. Get in there, motherfucker, and enjoy yourself. That's what it says on the plaque. I wish we could have the the actual button be get in there, motherfucker, and you press it, and that's when you put your credit card information in. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's good to support creators you enjoy on patreon um i i actually support a few people on patreon myself because you know this ain't free to do things cost money like zencaster and my time mm -hmm. that sounded real bitter i enjoy doing this don't take it the wrong way <laughs> uh <laughs> someone needs to take some money out of the patreon to feel better <laughs> I need to go buy a comic book with that money or something. Yeah, you need to. You need. Do you need? Do you need ten dollars to feel better mentally? Because we so. have, we do have. Thanks to our amazing listeners, we have some money in there. We do, we do. But uh, you know, show comes first. It'll be okay. I'll buy a stick yeah. of gum on the way or something. But thank you, folks, for listening. <laughs> as always, I'm Matt Peters, and I'm Lex Lutz. Be, be excellent, excellent to each other. Oh, we said it. The, we said it together. Oh, it finally happened. That was that was cute. <laughs> okay, bye, podcast guys. achievement achieved. Congratulations, folks! You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. Now right, we got an hour. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Considering we had no notes.